You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's the Undercard. The Undercard brings you the best in hand combat sports. Featuring major interviews, current events, and the hottest ring girls from around the nation. The Undercard is sponsored by Falling Down Beer Company, Podcast and Church Studios, and is produced by Rochelle Witten. And now, here are your hosts, Brad, Cody, and Jimmy. Welcome to the Undercard, everybody. It is episode 309, officially the date, July 2nd. If you're keeping track at home or score at home, we are back at the Undercard two weeks in a row. We got a pretty good show for you. Um, we're going to start off the hour with uh, Sean Foster, um, who's really been doing a lot of jiu-jitsu tournaments, these uh, these uh, almost like jiu-jitsu super fights, which I think are really cool, instead of the term- uh, tournament format. Of course, he's an MMA, um, amateur MMA person uh, down in Columbus, too. We've had him on the show before. He does the announcing for the Ohio Combat League. And so he's a he's a great first guest. Then we're going to talk about um, a couple things going on. Uh, one, the king of the cage not letting somebody out of a contract to fight for UFC. I have thoughts on that. And then uh, lastly, uh, probably the biggest story of the weekend is there was a no contest in some league. I'd have to look up the league again. I'll read the story verbatim. But uh, there was so much blood during the five fights that it was like a slip and slide. So the ref had to rule it a no contest and both fighters were cool about it. And they were just a bloody mess. It was like considered now the bloodiest MMA fight of all time. But we'll talk about that. And then um, I don't even know if I'm going to say her name right. But um, for the first time ever, we're going to have Sheena Star Bradenberg on the show. Bradenberg? 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 She'll be on at the 8 o'clock. Um part of the show so that's it but let's start off by calling sean foster and seeing what he's up to in the great state of ohio Hey, Sean, how are you? Oh, we lost him. Put a man on the moon. Skype can't work. Hey, Sean, you're live on the air with the undercard. How are you? Good. How are you doing, sir? Good. It is uh, Sean Foster, the dodgy one, Stonefield. How are you? I'm great. Uh, just actually got done laying my little girls down to bed. What what bed what bedtime are they on? Like uh, England? They're little. <laughs> no, they uh, they spent all weekend uh, with their grandparents because I was uh, me and my wife were competing in Pittsburgh, and so I need to put them on a better schedule than nine or ten o'clock at night. <laughs> all right. Well, congratulations on. Are they called like super fights? These jujitsu matches that aren't kind of tournaments, but they're lined up. I, I love the concept. Um, yeah, they, 
they are. They're they're called super fights, and um, we do actually get paid for them. So that was kind of cool. Nice. Um, well, you you uh, put a Cupid's arrow through my heart by winning by wrist lock. And for people that aren't <laughs> familiar with jujitsu, typically a wrist lock is, wrist. is like a reset. When you're rolling with somebody, because it's kind of always there, but you don't really do it to somebody when you're just like kind of goofing around rolling because like, you know, they're going to tap on a wrist lock. But my man, you did it in competition. Uh, very painful. Uh, how's that feel? Um, it's, it's a bittersweet, I guess, uh, because my opponent um, is a very good Daniel Stepinski. He goes by Sage Jutsu on uh, Instagram. He's the purple belt instructor out at Henzo Gracie's Stout Training Center in Pittsburgh. And he he told me, to quote him, he sold his soul to figure out how to defend Kimura because that's my favorite submission. And I went for it three or four times, and he had just such a good defense that uh, I kind of faked it into the wrist lock. So it's, like I said, it's bittersweet. I would have like to win with uh, Kimura, but, you know, a tap is a tap, I guess. Um, ah, wrist lock was, is dirty. Just, You're just telling them that. You're there to take care of business. I love it. <laughs> um, it was a fantastic match. Actually, within, like, the first 30 seconds, he hit this crazy, like, Capoeira breakdance guard pull, and he almost caught me in a triangle. He was very good. So I was, I was always stoked, and we fought at this really old hotel in Pittsburgh. It's called Ace Hotel. And it's got a really cool venue. It's got a very fight club feel. Um, so it was, it's always one of my favorite things to do uh, if I ever get the opportunity. So uh, by fight club feel, what what do you mean? Because uh, obviously I think the movie. So like, is it like an abandoned hotel and just people gather around? Or what do you mean by fight club? <laughs> so what it is, is it, you, as, as I understand it, it used to be an old YMCA. And they, they kind of renovated it, like their subway tile. It's kind of got a very hipster feel in the rooms. But then they kept the gymnasium exactly the same. And it's just this, it's this gymnasium. It's got three balconies above it. And what they do is they put like eight mats in the center and they just ring the entire gym with bleachers. And then they have the photographers and the cameramen up in the balconies. And it's just these really intense, like, yellowish, like, spotlights on the two fighters. And it's just a very intimate feel. Like, um, people are, like, right on top of the mats. Like, there's a couple times that people were going for takedowns and they ended up in other people's laps. Uh, very fight-to-win-esque, except it's not elevated. So it has a very coliseum feel to it. That's amazing. When's their next event? Did they announce it at that event, or do they know? Um, I think the I think the pro jujitsu ones are going to stay on the same one, so it'll be summertime every year. Um, I did get an invite from this promoter to come out and do an MMA fight in October, um, but I'm gonna have to check and see where I'm at with that. Like my next big thing is uh, I'm going out to Vegas for uh, IBJJF Masters Worlds, and I did apply for the Pittsburgh Fight to Win card, and I would really like to kind of I don't know I'm one and two in Pittsburgh or in Fight to Win. I lost my last one against Roller, and then I, I got caught uh, the year before by uh, Zach Edwards with the Flying Triangle. So I would really like to write the fight to win ship before they stop offering me matches. <laughs> well, you're really good at what you do, and you take it in stride. Like You're like, oh, I got a losing streak, but I've been around jiu-jitsu a long time, and you're really good at it. And you have a wife that's huge into it in judo also. Um 
Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the interesting thing I see in MMA, and you do commentating now for Ohio Combat League, and you've done it for other leagues, but it seems to me, and, and argue it if you, you disagree, that jiu-jitsu and MMA, everybody's kind of caught everybody. And everybody knows just enough to get by that it's the other intangibles that are making you special, kind of, in MMA. But no one's an expert anymore in it. And it's 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 just what I see, really. And everybody kind of knows enough to get by. What do you see? Absolutely. I mean, you, you you see it, you know, more than I you know I do probably. What what do you think? Um, so my biggest thing has been uh, that the reason that I love MMA and the reason that I love jujitsu. I'm a, I started as a judo guy, um, and the reason that I, I truly love jujitsu and I think it's the best thing art is because you, it allows you to express yourself as an individual and a martial artist. So, like, like I play jiu-jitsu, and my wife plays jiu-jitsu, but we are completely different. We're actually opposite ends of the spectrum. Like, I move a ton. I pull out, I, like, I, I roll. I'll put myself in bad spots, hunting submissions. Sarah is very technical, and she's slow, and she can make herself feel like a thousand pounds. She's one of the best pressure passers I've ever seen and or felt. And it's just so awesome that we both play an art, but we have wildly different games. Now, with MMA, um, you know, it's always more dangerous with head kicks and knees to the head. But it really, what i found is it's the, the size of the gloves. Because most people train in boxing gloves, and there's cushion. And it, takes, it really takes a sweet spot hit to knock somebody out. Where I've, I have been on the receiving end, I've done it in training, um, and I've, I've commentated tons of matches where it looks like they don't even get touched and they just collapse. And it's, it's what makes it exciting. And the other big part is how do you put it together? Like you said, everyone's a jack of all trades. Everybody knows what an arm bar feels like. Everybody knows what a rear naked choke defense is, right? But how do you blend it together? And I really think that's what's given me an edge over a, a much better fighters than me is that I have a very hard style to find in a training partner. You know, like I said, I'm a judo guy, and I'm also a police officer, and I remember the reason I got into fighting was I, I used to live in this small hick town, and this, we were at a beat-up, was watching UFC, and this guy was like, uh, who knew that I trained judo, he was like, you take those pajamas off, and you'll never hit a throw. And I was like, <laughs> feel, and, and he ended up being my first opponent, and uh, three months later, it was, I think I threw two punches, got a hold of him, hip-tossed him to the ground, and arbarred him. And right. like, that was just it. I was like, I was out to prove that judo was a viable art. And it's, I think it's really hard to prepare for somebody who has a weird style. Um, like I do, because it's hard to find a judo guy that, that knows how to do it without a gi. Um, but even that's being caught up when you, when you look at Khabib and uh, a couple of the other bigger name fighters who are using some of those, uh, low risk, high efficiency leg trips off the cage. Rhonda did it I a lot from ju- uh, judo over to the Olympics, you know, the trips and stuff. She, you know, that's how she set up a lot of the arm bars. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now Kayla Harrison's really big on them. And it just, if you can hit a good foot sweep and stay standing and you have that person wedged on their butt against the cage, you can really uncork some power shots or set up some nice submissions. So um, I really think it's just about being ahead of the curve. Like, look at Dominic Cruz and TJ Dillashaw. It took a while for people to figure out that kind of neo footwork, right? Um, and because it was new. But now, you know, uh, who is it? Uh, the No Love, Cody No Love, yep. figured out how to beat Dom, but then fell to TJ because TJ had more power. Exactly. So I mean, it's just it's it's that constant give and take. I think. Now, 
Gordon Ryan on the Luke Thomas show, and I, I, I clearly have a man crush on Gordon Ryan. I think he's one of the best out there. He might be getting a Who little... Who doesn't have a man crush on that man? Right. He might be getting a little too big for jiu-jitsu with the weightlifting and everything, but um, he was on the Luke Thomas show, and Luke Thomas and him were just talking, and he brought up a great point about jiu-jitsu fans, is that the people that follow jiu-jitsu are typically in jiu-jitsu in classes, and he says it, it's going to take over. It, it has to have the crossover market to become a more recognized sport. And what he was saying is the person that doesn't do jiu-jitsu, come and watch it. Like not everyone's a NASCAR driver, but we'll go to NASCAR. Not everybody's a basketball player, but we'll go to basketball. But jiu-jitsu is a real still close community where a lot of people have done it for self-defense or at least have gotten their blue belt. And he was saying that until they get that market, um, you remember that metamorphosis that was over in, in, in West Coast and stuff? He says it's really tough yeah, to support team. a league, you know? Do you agree with that? And, and what would you like to see happen? I like the super fight ideas more than the tournaments, to tell you the truth. You know, I was lucky enough to be on the first fight to win here in Columbus. And I was, I was amazed at the turnout, right? And then I got, and I got caught in that flying tri- triangle on the second one. But every time I see a fight to win, like they do it right. Like you, you get entrance music, they have smoke machines, they have lights, there's a giant ramp. Um, they encourage the crowd that the stage is, the mats are elevated in the center. Um, high production value with slow combat and slow grappling. Um, and as it grows, the biggest thing is, is finding the correct rule set that forces submissions. And I think Seth Daniels is really onto something. And, and now there's a, a local Ohio guy. Um, I referee the matches for King of the Mat, Timothy Thompson, um, up near Cleveland. He's put on some really good tournaments, and he's stepping into these big leagues. He's about to do, I think his next one is a 16-man tournament, um, and the winner gets $10,000 cash prize. And he also does, like, super fights for up-and-comers, like blue belts, purple belts, brown belts uh, who aren't quite ready for those those bigger tournament styles um like that like i did king of the map for the 155ers and i think the cash prize was 2000 but it's where i hit that cartwheel kimura um over john burroughs but then i caught i fell to like a calf slicer because I, I think the winner ended up fighting six times that day so like i'm a big fan of the super fight because people tend to go all out and when they know there's more money if you if you're hunting submissions they tend to put you know kind of lay themselves to the sword more um i i really think i really think it, it's kind of getting that perfect rule set where people aren't trying to coast to overtimes right because right. i mean i i think i think i had one match that went to a full 10 minutes and I, it was hard for me not to like stare off into the crowd like nothing happened they just sat in closed guard nobody did anything um and it was, you know, if you get one or two of those, you'll, you'll quickly lose somebody who's brand new to it. Whereas if you have people who are out there like getting after it because they want to win, they want to make a name for themselves, they want to catch a sponsor's eye. Um, you know, it, it can really kind of, kind of go with it. And now fight to win even has champions. Like they have these really nice, huge championship belts and they, they're doing big shows in Hawaii and they, they go all over the U S. Um, and I, I really think they've really, they're really starting to gain ground with it. Um, and I would like to see it continue um, because like you said, it's kind of or like Gordon said, it's kind of a niche market right now. And it just needs that good breakthrough. 
I'd like to see it. And it, what, what also um, it, is it going to take? It's going to take financial backing, which I mean, everybody's competing over the same dollar with the entertainment dollar and stuff. But you look at bare knuckle fighting, and all of a sudden David Feldman, who we had on our show last week, he caught like a perfect storm. And like they, they're on, in Fuego. You, you type them up. They're everywhere right now. Bare knuckle fighting's been around forever. You know, they've been doing it in England forever. But the concept that he had and the rules that he put in place just kind of work right now. And he, you know, his pay per view numbers maybe did better than UFC ESPN numbers last week. So, you know, I know it can happen. But I, I like the super fight concept of like, hey, I know, you know, I know Sean's going against this guy. I want to see that, you know, um, you know, that, that's really that's really how I think. I think that's why I think that's what I, uh, I think you said when I first met you is I, I think that's the first thing I said to you is I might lose a lot. But as long as I lose in an exciting way, like I don't ever want to I don't ever <laughs> want to be in a boring match. Like, like I don't mind getting tossed on my head and flying triangled in my hometown. Cause it looked awesome. <laughs> right. Um, but, but you know, again, like I don't really, I don't ever want to go out there and play it safe, whether it be MMA or grappling. And, um, it's that, I think it'll always be that constant tug between the super fight concepts and then the IBJJF because it has so much prestige. I mean, you, like, you know, my, I trained under Vito Oliveira and he's, he's a world champion and like every single person knows who he is. You know, right. um, and they're like, oh, you're, you're a Vitor purple belt. And like, it doesn't matter where I'm at. They're like, oh, you're, you're a Vitor purple belt. And it seems to change the game a little bit. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I, I, every IBJJF that I've ever lost to has been a, almost always an advantage. Like the time with the whole time, they almost swept me or they almost kind of came close to a submission. And then um, I, the referee's like, oh, that was close. I'll give you an advantage. So it's it's almost like a, a referee's decision loss, which is I you know I even hate those in MMA. Right. Now uh, you you said that you got uh, Vegas coming up with the uh, IBJJJs. Uh, what else do you th- uh, you see? I know you're going to eventually get into MMA. We talk about that all the time, but. Um, you know, you enjoy jujitsu. It's a thing you, uh, your wife is really good at. You said she's better than you, which I've not seen video yet of her. So I'm very impressed to see how, how good she is. If you say she's better than you, um, you know, there, there's money to be made in jujitsu. Um, you know, people don't, uh, talk about it, but the sponsors and the tournaments, you, you could have a lot of side income with that. Um, I, I know that. I know that there are some of my teammates who, who have found that success. Uh, I had a gi sponsor uh, a couple two years ago. He ended up selling it. He's a black belt out of New York. He sold it. Uh, the company is Loyal Kimonos, and then the new company didn't pick me up, which is fine. It's okay. Um, as I'm more of a casual, like I do it because I love it. Like my plan is to die on the mat. Like I want to compete until I die. Like that's you know master seven or fat five, whatever the number is. Um, and right now I, I have a, I have two set sponsors. I have my teammate who is my tattoo artist. So he just doesn't charge me for tattoos and then he'll pay for my local tournaments. And that's uh, rich cook over at, he's the owner of Greystone tattoo company here in uh, Gahanna, Ohio. And then Dodgy collective, um, which sends me like, they send me care packages like rash guards or shorts and stuff like that. Um, and then they give me a discount code to use for like my self-defense students or, um, uh, like my little, my team. Um, 
but I've never really been able to make money with it, but it's never been the point. I've always tried to, um, when I was coming up, my teammates would pay for me when I didn't have money to go to tournaments. So now I just try and pay it forward and like, I'll pay like, Hey, do you have, do you have money for a hotel? Do you have money to register? Do you have money um, for gas or food? I want to make sure that my teammates are out there because people think I'm kidding. Um, I, I am probably the worst purple belt at Ronin and, and everybody thinks I'm being self-deprecating or I'm being funny. No, it's true. Like I'm not that good. My teammates just don't, you know, whatever life gets in the way or they just live and die by training. Like I, I have my hands in a lot of pots. Like you, like you said, like I do commentary, I do MMA, I grapple, I run a free self-defense program three times a week, uh, police officer, dad of two girls, my wife trains as well. Uh, so I'm always kind of do spread really thin. And then I go in there and get mopped up by these kids who are on their like third jujitsu training that day, but you never get to hear about them because th- their opportunity hasn't happened. So that's the, the main thing that I'm concerned with is finding these up and coming companies that are want to take a risk on somebody and be like, Hey, you should check out uh, Sal Maradino or Jackson McCord or Emily Nicholson, Sarah Stump, like some of these, these, these people who literally make me question why I ever bothered buying a geek. And right. um, for me, it's just about growing our community. Uh, like you said, uh, pointed out, it's such a tight knit community. I've had more fun. Like I went to Pittsburgh, never met my opponent um, and my wife's opponent last weekend. We walked around all day, ate food, drank together the day before we fought. And then we simulated murder. And then now I'm really good friends with them. And, and <laughs> I can't wait to train with them again. E- so, even after uh, the wrist lock, you guys are fr- friends. <laughs> Yeah, even after the wrist lock, I guess we're friends. Um, <laughs> but it's, uh, I don't know, man. It's its never been about like money for me, but I want to see other people get that opportunity. That's awesome. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, man. And that's why we have you on the show and stuff. I will be there August 3rd. It's another Ohio Combat League. We got to like sit down and have some drinks, unless you're training. You can have coconut water, and I'll have some drinks if you're training. And uh, well, uh, IBJJF's a little bit more forgiving on the weight than MMA. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down for drinks. All right, cool. We got to get together and uh, talk always, man. And thank you for being on the show. Congratulations on the win. I hope these super fights start popping up everywhere. And um, it's just a neat concept. And uh, you know, thanks for sending me the link yesterday. And uh, like I said, wrist lock, man. That's just mean. I love it, dude. That is like just you know you know what i mean dude if you rolled you yeah, know what i, I mean it. dude you know it's like a wrist lock yeah <laughs> so yeah, I, I, great... I definitely didn't go in there with a wrist lock in mind no no but i love you for it though i just want you to know <laughs> it's it's gordon ryan but sean foster's coming up the ladder so we'll see uh so <laughs> uh where can people find you if they want to follow you uh you're a good guy away from the sport too um, so my Instagram is Papa Fossey, P-A-P-A-F-O-S-S-I-E, or just Facebook, just S-E-A-N-F-O-S-T-E-R. Um, or you can check out, uh, we have YouTube, Instagram, Snapchat, uh, Facebook on a Columbus State Self-Defense Program. That's my pride and joy right now. Me and my two best friends run a free self-defense program. Uh, we've been open for two years and 11 of our students have been attacked and all of them got away clean. Uh, because of the techniques that we've been kind of giving away. It's kind of a combination of judo, jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai, and wrestling. So um, any kind of – if you want to check out all our stuff, that's where you can find me. All right, Sean. Take care. We'll talk soon. Thanks for being on the undercard. 
Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right. That is Sean Foster. Go find Ooh. him. Nice guy away from uh, – he sent me the link yesterday. Got to watch first off Sunday fights. Or no, Monday. Yeah, Monday. Was it Monday? Yesterday is Monday. Did I watch him on Sunday or did I watch him yesterday? I don't know. You talked about him a lot. You're like, Sean, just keep sending me stuff. Keep sending me stuff. Okay, so if you don't know, like wrist locks are like, well, someone Jing- lost. Yeah, someone lost at Jenga uh, outside. Um, they're just mean. And I just love that he did it. And that's how he won. But uh, we got to go to a break. I got to finish my dinner here really quick and we'll be back in a few moments. Take care. Welcome back to the undercard, everybody. It is episode 309. Anyway, so, um, Rochelle's maybe even seen this, even though she's not friends, I don't think, with a lot of people. Have you seen uh, The Bottle? It was awesome. Thank you. Well, no, I didn't mean like that, but like in the industry, I don't think. Uh, have you seen The Bottle Challenge? Yes. So I've Max, seen it. Yeah, so Max Holloway started it, in which he did a spinning back t- uh, kick, sorry, and was able to make the bottle cap spin on um, a Coke. Then Conor McGregor did it and was able to make it spin and pop off. Now everybody's doing it. Like John Jones, like everybody is just like, so I don't know how easy or hard it was to begin with because it seems like a lot of people are doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it's become like the, the new craze in martial arts is to try to do a spinning back kick and get the top to spin. Off of 20 ounce. Okay. Yeah. But it's like everywhere on the feed. So like it's like like viral stuff. But Max Holloway started it in a neat idea. And then Max Holloway's son did it. Which uh, was impressive. I'm a huge Max Holloway son fan. The the picture of him and his dad. First off, Max, Max Holloway's like one of the best of all time. But um all that is is my my Instagram is seventy five percent of people trying to kick twenty ounce bottles right now. That is so true. Right? Are you gonna try it tonight? Probably not. <laughs> there you go, dude. <laughs> Don't go with the masses, but have someone try it. I want to see someone seen, try it miserably um, at it. Kenny Cross did it from Ken. Yeah, Ken did it. Yeah, his was good too. I was yeah, impressed. I was. Impressed he did it on a that. boat, right? Yeah. So half drunk. Yeah. So he did it on a boat. Hastings. I Love was Cross. somewhat impressed with that. Yeah, Ken but Cross everyone did else it. like. Eh. Well, I'm trying to... Darren could do it. Darren Crushank could do it. He hasn't done it yet. Uh, Cody's not here today because he was actually traveling to Las Vegas for International Fight Week. He was on a plane, but Cody could do it too. Um, he lives on a plane. He yeah, does I live on that. a plane. Yeah, he does. That's what it takes to be a rock star. We can't all be Cody Stamen. Can't all be Cody Stamen. So that is uh, happening in MMA. And then um, I reached out to, yeah, so who's that doing? Oh, he's the second best doing it. That's uh, the movie star. What's his name? Jason Statham. Yeah, that's the kick. Holy shit. Everyone's doing it, though, so it can't be that hard, actually. Yeah, I know. I mean, I'm not going to be able to do it. People that aren't in MMA are doing it. John Mayer do it. John Mayer does it? He does it on a vodka bottle, though. Even better. John Mayer did it. 
Okay. I'm going to critique it really quick, though. John Mayer. Well, John Mayer's looks like he was already halfway. I no, feel like everyone, you can, like, yeah, loosen as it. long as you touch it, it'll. So, Max. Ooh, look at that sky. Sorry. Ma- yeah. Ma- Max Holloway did it, like, at eye level, so he's got to get his kick up. John Mayer looked like he had the bottle already half down, so mm-hmm. he didn't have to kick too high. But, I mean, you yeah, know, good job, John Mayer. It's just like a little fad that's going around. But Kenny Cross did it, correct? Well, on a boat. It's not, you know, buckets full of ice water dumped on your head. Right, right. We should talk uh, KOP. We were there. Not KOP. Fuck. Lights out. Edit that out. Lights out championship. <laughs> yeah, and Matt, if you're listening, he's actually looking at it on my shirt. So he he messed up. That just shows you how bad your how shirt bad. is because I had to, like, read it. Like, yeah. No, yeah. I, I like it. Start- it. Oh, I love it, but it's starting to crack. That's all. That's what he's talking about. I'm talking about quality control there, Matt. Um, so we were there at Lights Out Championship. What happened? Okay, so uh, Connor Cuppy was supposed to face uh, Eric again in a rematch. Eric was five pounds overweight, and uh, the Cuppies technically came in on weight, or uh, Cuppy came out on weight. The Cuppies, like, they both did it together. They're yeah. always together. <laughs> so, I mean... Um, but Big John Eubanks had an interesting point, and I thought it was worth a, a casual mention on our show. Like, from a customer service standpoint, you should give the ticket money back. But clearly, and um, Larkin was there, clearly the crowd was affected by the main event. There wasn't a lot of people there. Matt Matt would probably even tell you there wasn't a lot of people there. Um, For having your main event canceled, though, I mean, I was still impressed with how many people were there. Right. So Big John said if somebody doesn't make weight, that should be the penalty. You don't give refunds to the tickets and your people have to, like, suffer because you didn't make weight. And people were arguing, well, that's bad customer service and they'll never buy your product again. I agree. But I also agree with Big John because, like, you're taking such a financial hit. You believed in that guy. It's a level of being a professional that if you can't do it, then don't put yourself out there and sell yourself to your friend's family. Right. You know, if you're you're not going to make it. Right. And then I heard Matt say something crazy. Matt says, well, this fight still needs to happen, so I'm going to book it again. You just had a guy not make weight, and I know there might have been issues involved, emotional, whatever, but why would you do that? Why would you put yourself financially in that sort of risk again? Right, and I think the both copies <coughs> are at this point where they got to make you. a run. God bless you. Okay. And... <laughs> Um, I don't know if they need that fight anyways. Um, uh, the other cuppy, uh, free Corey is fighting. On, I never know which is which. On fighting on WXC on UFC fight pass for somebody. Warrior Wednesdays. Warrior Wednesday. Happy Warrior Wednesday to you. That's tomorrow. Happy Warrior Wednesday. Whatever. Um, oh, uh, Kenny crosses too fighting on, uh, uh, one of the Warrior Wednesdays. Oh, so he's going to be down river. That's right. He'll probably boat down. Maybe come mm-hmm. down the Detroit River. I don't want to, unless it's a tornado, stop saying it. It's it's a severe thunderstorm warning, not tornado. So it's, It looks rough. It does right. look rough. My mom said she went to the basement. I don't know if the, the Jenga's going to make it. Mother, Mother Nature's crazy like that. It's just sometimes we'll... 
will be out of the blue and just be like, blah, blah, blah. No, I'm glad it's raining. We needed some rain. Right. Speaking, I guess that's a pretty good uh, – like I just have like random thoughts. Like I'm Rod- Rodney Dangerfield like in stand-up right now, like like just one off jokes. But why California will always be better than Florida is they have an iguana problem. <laughs> Florida does. Yes. They're everywhere. They they are uh, – are, are you talking about iguanas or are you talking about the little salamanders no, 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 that no. we like rip their tails off? Big fucking iguanas. Oh, Right that, now. Like, that, like, yeah, so if you Google it, you're allowed to kill iguanas on your property. Yikes. Now, the fu- Now, wait. What if you got a dog out there? Do you think your dog could, could take care of that, or do you think the iguana is going to take your dog? Well, first off, they hang out on your roof, okay, just taunting you. Blech. Right. <laughs> Second off, they build, like, and then like they jump tunnels in head. under your house, right? But they're ruining the ecosystem. They're not supposed to, like, be that rampant in Florida. So they're Florida. eating stuff that other things need to eat. Plantation, yeah, plantation Correct. stuff like that. So, anyways, I found like the funniest story ever, um, and serves this guy right, by the way. Um, oh my goodness! Oh, but no. th- this is like a good story if I can find it. Is again. it one of them that you sent me? No, 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 no. I wanted to save it for the show if I found it. Hmm. Um. Okay, I can't find it, but this is a true story. <clears throat> so the reptiles in Florida had four days under 40 degrees this past winter. So yeah. they were falling out of trees, iguanas. So this one guy thought it was dead and he was going to go eat it at home, and he put it in his car. <laughs> and when the heat reactivated the reptile, the iguana attacked him in the car. Oh, my God. Oh, he thought it was like dead. He turned his heat on in the car. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god! I was laughing so hard. I was like, first off, first Why? off, how does iguana taste? And I don't even want to know because he thought it was dead. It just no, dropped like, like a reptile. You, why would you take it home to eat it? He wanted to, but so iguanas. Another <coughs> reason why Florida is just not as cool as the California coast. Not to mention the spiders. They don't have spiders like that in California. Holy shit. But anyways, these iguanas are ugly and they can get up to 17 pounds and they're ruining the ecosystem. I'll have to ask my dad. He probably knows about this. Like they're everywhere. They're, they think they're 800,000 above their capacity. Oh. So they want 800,000 dead in Florida. Like they're, they're telling people to like not even trap them and re-release them. You kill these motherfuckers because like it's going to ruin everything. How do you kill one? Like. Well, th- so these guys that make money trapping them, $50 a trap. They put a, a rifle to its head and blow it off. Oh. And then they cremate it, they said. But they got a deal. Like if you have like a, a nest of them. And then the female ones lay like 80 eggs. Oh, so sweet. it's like the mice problem or rabbit problem. Like you, you're fucked if you have a goannas. So these guys um, – I can't believe this is actually a thing. I know, dude. You got to look it up. Are you looking it up? They're no. like everywhere. So – and they're ugly. So no, they're not the little gecko things that are ruining the uh, the uh, system. Have you? Have we never had a rainstorm here when we've been here? Oh, we haven't. Okay. It's good windows. We're in a metal container. What could go wrong with a lightning storm? <laughs> know, right? Nothing. Around electrical instruments? Come on. Oh, no, nothing. Right through that window. You're panicking. 
You're panicking. I gotta give you the the next guest's phone number if you wanna pass me over a piece of paper and here, just pencil. put it in here. Do I have it? No, I don't have that you one. You don't have that one. No, here. Hold on. No, 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 no. Just go here. Go there and put it there. Okay. That makes it a lot easier. So what we're doing at home is we're entering in our next guest's phone number. It's going to be impossible to hit the numbers we hit last week. I'm just going to say that David Feldman brought it. Um, that was a crazy week of lots of people that had listened to the show. Meanwhile, a rainstorm outside. Oh, you put it in the... God, do you never... This is why you don't have phone numbers saved in your phone. Because you don't know how to work it. <laughs> it's raining outside, people. It's actually like pouring. That's what I'm saying. Alright. Someone's got his moonroof open. I'm not even shitting you. That sucks so bad. No, no, no. Larkin, look at this. Where? It slid down, and the top part's open. The front seat. I think he went on the pedaling thing. Oh, my God. There's right. Those people are on that thing. What? Do you see how it slid yeah. down in that front seat? What? Oops. What part? Oh, that sucks. That is way too bad. Their, their moonroof is open on their car. Yeah, it slid down in so the front seat. It's not a good area seat. to leave your moonroof open anyways. Right? I bet you they were peddlers anyways, and they deserve everything they get. Those peddler people. The peddler. All right, let's call. All right. It's in front of that window over there. You're, like, stuck in there. You can't get out. All right, away from the window. Sit down. Nope, she hung up on you. <laughs> well, it doesn't come up the undercard, to be fair. Try back again. <laughs> if it came up the undercard, that would be fun. <laughs> the undercard is calling you. Hey, this is Sheena Star, Star Management. Sorry, I cannot get to the phone right now. If you could... Maybe you want to text her? I did. We'll try in five minutes. Maybe she's having a storm, too. She could be. Wow, look at it out that window. This is the worst radio ever. Yes, it's <laughs> it's pouring and people are getting very wet. <laughs> Glad we're in here for this. It's swimsuit weather outside. Oh, literally. That guy's car's getting fucked, though. <laughs> Probably. It's his own DM. You know what? Oh. I'm going to take a picture of that, though, actually. <laughs> Elijah already did. <laughs> I already did. I already did. <laughs> well, when he takes a picture, you can see it. But yeah, so it is—it's a monsoon outside. Okay. We're in a metal container. Metal shipping container. It's sounded around by or surrounded by glass on the upper level. Yeah, metal must never produce electricity. Mm -hmm. Should I try? All that? right, last time, three strikes, she's out at the all ball game. Hey, this is Sheena Star. Star. All right. All right. We'll try. Peace again. out. We'll try again later, I guess. <laughs> I just hear things falling I over. Know. People are running. 
I know. Well, you oh, we would be too if we were out in it, but luckily oh, it will those pass. Those stupid people on the beer thing. That's he, not only is he caught on that, his car's fucked too. I know. And he's thinking right now, did I leave the moonroof open? He's like, pedal faster, people. <laughs> pedal I can't. I drink too much. Pedal faster. My car's going to have like a gallon of water in it. Oh, I've done that before, too. It sucks. No, I've done that to my car. I've left my sunroof down. Now, there's one reason why you shouldn't get a moonroof car. Well, you just keep it closed, um, when you, you know, when you're not in it. All right. So this is what I was talking about earlier. I want to see the guy. If if anyone sees the guy, I want to tape Let that. Come back. Yeah, I want to. Actually, we can have him up here and just talk about his disappointment. No, because he'll br- he'll be soaked. Oh yeah. yeah. So um, everybody covered this, but let's let's do CBS Sports and give him proper uh, credit. So an MMA main event fight declared a no contest because of the amount of blood on the canvas. The Cage Warrior 106 main event between Ross Houston and Nicholas Dalby was a particularly bloody affair. Part of the appeal and terror of mixed martial arts is the amount of things that can happen to hurt or injure an opponent. At its core, MMA is a blood sport with fans hoping to see fighters battered and bloodied one another for entertainment purposes. Well, fans... In London, just got this on Saturday night at Cage Warriors 106. Not only was the main event between Ross Houston and Nicholas Dalby expected to be a banger, but the card itself was loaded with six title fights. Houston and Dalby capped off the night with an absolute smoke show for the welterweight title. But once again, the fight reached the third round. Both men were a bloody mess, so much that referee Mark Goddard called time between the fight to check the surface of the canvas because both men were slipping and sliding around the cage and couldn't get proper footing. After a quick check, Goddard declared the fight a no contest because the surface was too slippery. Uh, Both men walk away with their belts. Dalby was the interim welterweight champion and feeling a bit woozy to say the least. It's hard to know for sure if this kind of result has ever happened in MMA, but suffice to say it's unique. Hopefully these two men get to run back that fight and give fans another bloody beatdown. But they show pictures and the canvas is just completely blood. Both of them jump the fence to... uh, Let me see. uh, Well, somebody's calling now. Uh, hold on. Uh, so anyways, they both jumped the fence to show... There you go. There you go. Larkin. Larkin. There you go. They were both, like, happy. It was that much of a bloody fest. And... Who was... Were they both bleeding? Oh, yeah. I've seen the one guy's face, and it it just looks uh, like he's in a horror movie. They were both, uh... Wow. Bad. That's wild. The guy got in his car, by the way. That's why he got up and was watching. No, 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 no. He shut the roof. The roof got shut. Yeah, he he went in it. He got in his car. Oh, that's a bummer. Did he look mad? Larkin? Larkin, can you help her? Did he look mad? I don't know. I was I saw him running, but you were like right in my 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 line of vision, so I had to get up. And by the time I got up, he was already in the car. Gotta be kind of mad. All right, she says she's ready to call. All right. 
Hello. Hey, Sheena, you're live on the undercard. How are you? Oh, I'm doing good. Sorry I didn't answer it away. I thought you were one of the little machines that want to call me about my vehicle warranty. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> you hung up on us three times, so yeah. Uh, we're... Right, well, it came up on my caller ID is uh, restricted, and I'm like, oh, my God, here we go. More spam calls about my vehicle warranties expired. It's like, oh, shit, motherfuckers are driving 84, you know? What the hell? <laughs> All right. So we're joined by Sheena Star Bradenberg, who is a fighter, cut woman. Uh, not only that, you do matchmaking. I'm trying to think what else yep. you do. You do a little bit of everything. Um, I do. I work for athletic commissions. I, I, I coach. I corner. I mean, I got like two that I like, you know, manage. You know, one I just uh, uh, last year gave gave her over to Sucker Punch, which is you know super cool. Got her up to that point. Nice. Um, I promoted a show last year. Um, yeah, yeah. I just you know I dabble. I do a little bit of everything besides announce because I got I got like this list, so I can't really announce. Doesn't really work out that well. Well, out of everything you do, what's your favorite thing to do? Um, you know, probably cut man. You okay. Know, you know, definitely, definitely, definitely cut man. You know, because it's just uh, it's just one of those crafts and arts that not everybody can do, and it's just something that's really rewarding. You know, when you basically save a fight or a fight, you know, stop a fight from getting called from, you know, a cut, and then they, you know, and then they win. You know, on the professional level, that's a big deal. So it's uh. One of, one, of, one, of, one of those special little make you feel good things, you know? Now, you've had a long career, and uh, you, you fought everywhere. You fought in Japan. You fought, but all of a sudden, you're doing cut work for bare knuckle championships, and you get a call to fight. How'd that happen? Well, yeah, um, I, uh, well, we were in Cancun. You know, we had another, uh, we had a, uh, there's another cut man there, and Stitch fired him. I happen to be there cornering Tony Lopez because I travel with Tony Lopez everywhere because everyone knows Tony's got five million fights. He just gets nabbed in the face and he blows right open. So, you know, so I, I travel with Tony, you know, keep, keep, keep him good. And then uh, Stitch seen me there and he's like, get Sheena in here. And, you know, Dave Feldman came over and he's like, hey, you know, uh, um, I'd like to, like to use your help, uh, you know, a couple corners here. You know, if not, we're going to fly someone out. I'm like, I can do it. You know, I just happen to be wearing all white. I got to be the only cut man in history to wear all white to a fucking bare knuckle boxing event, but it is what it is. Did the job there, and then uh, you know they're going to bring me back for the next one. And then I see Nate Schick post on his Facebook. You know, he's looking for uh, look, looking for a female pro bare knuckle fighter, and uh, like I had a fight like two weeks before an MMA fight against this wrestler chick, and I hit up uh, Nate and Dave, and I'm like. Let me have it. And they're like, you want to do this? I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. It's on my bucket list. I, I got, I got, I got to compete in bare knuckle boxing. All right, all right. Fire Japanese MMA rules. I mean, kickboxing, Muay Thai, all this stuff. You know, I want to, I want to try this. And I did it. And I like, I fell in love. You know, I didn't get suspended on my fight. You know, I took, uh, you know, I, I took the bare knuckle fight on like a week and a half notice. So I had like no time to prepare to, you know, really like condition hands and. You know, really train just, uh, you know, just just hands because you know my fight before I was I was wrestling. I was going to be wrestling that fight, so I I was working on my jujitsu a lot more. And hey, man, my super long reach it 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 was uh, it was nice. Well, n- well not <laughs> it only was, it was it was yeah. Not only definitely. did you take the fight, you won the fight, uh, mm-hmm. which 
I imagine they're going to ask you back because not only did you win the fight, but you made headlines with your T-shirt you wore. Uh, <laughs> you were pretty popular that week. Yeah, yeah, I had, a, had a, a couple, a couple of those. I was, uh, I was just talking to the matchmaker after that, and he's like, you know, we had two top trending things from that event. First top trending was, you know, Artem Lebov and Jason Knight, and then the second one was your dumb fucking shirt. <laughs> you know. Now, when when David and them saw that f- shirt, were they, they were cool from the get go? They're like, hey, fighters, express uh, themselves. You know, I thought. David knew. I am. I almost got in a little bit of trouble for that because uh, it was on the Facebook Live undercard portion of it, and I could have caused the whole entire, you know, live oh, feed crap because yeah. of violating community standards. <laughs> you know, and uh, Feldman was like, I, 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 "I don't mind you wearing a shirt like that, you know, but let me know anytime you're going to do anything crazy like that. I'll just put you on the pay per view card, man." You know, I'm like, hey, man, I thought you knew everybody else did. Fuck, you know, my bad, you know. Well, <laughs> so. Didn't mean to cause trouble, you know, but uh, the most, most of the folk found it, you know, pretty hilarious, actually. So you know? if you don't know, Sheena actually fought in a shirt that said Hillary Clinton is a C word. And it yeah, did just, not. Yeah, she's a cunt. Yeah. And it <laughs> it literally said that she was and she fought in it. I could see that. I never even thought of that because Facebook is anti. Yeah, like you could have maybe shut down the whole uh, bare naked. Uh, bear. Yes, it was close. It was, it was getting reported a couple of times. Oh, I pissed off a lot of new age feminists. Man, they were they were all like, "Oh, how dare you use that word?" And da da da. I'm like, "Have y'all ever been to the UK? They call their mom a cunt, best friend a cunt. It's in their fucking baby books. For Christ's sake, you know." Oh, it's so degrading to win, and da da. Like, Put on your fucking pussy hat and get over it. You know, the fucking t-shirt. Give me a break. Now you auctioned you know, you it off for house. charity too, right? Mm, absolutely. Well, that's a you know the whole reason why I wore it to begin with. You know, I mean, it, it wasn't politically aimed at you know any sort of political party, Democrat, Republican. None, none of that shit. I had a Navy SEAL friend of mine that uh, worked her detail. And she's just, she was just a horrible person. Treated, treated staff in the military. I mean, people just like absolute fucking dog shit, man. You know, and it was a last minute fight. And, you know, I was talking to him prior and uh, it, was, it was just a couple of weeks for one of our charity events that we have here for uh, um, um, veteran suicide and this and that. I'm like, you know what, dude, I'm going to wear, I, I got you. All right. I got this big fight, you know, that I just took last minute. I'm going to call my t-shirt dude. And, you know, I'm going to wear this fight. I mean, I'm going to wear this shirt in honor of you in <laughs> front of all these people. I'm gonna, and he's like, sweet, dude, cool. Got my shirt, my suitcase, literally as I'm on my way to the airport. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I wore it. And, man, I, that's, that's a sure shit way to gain some fans in Mississippi. <laughs> no. You know, going there as the underdog, you know, fighting the hometown chick. And, uh, you know, yeah, they, they, they seen that coming out, man. I, I had, I was taking selfies with people's babies and shit all night. Like, they loved me, you know. I'm not going to lie. It looked like you made it at a, like a, a mall kiosk. Where did you have the shirt made? And when, when the guy was making it or the girl, did they finally, like, realize what you were putting on the shirt and, like, double think it? Like, I don't know if oh, I should dude, make the shirt. Well, my t-shirt guy, um, you know. I don't want to like affiliate him or his company <laughs> with what was on the t-shirt. Ah, ruin his business. Uh, Say who did it. Local, 
um, MMA clothing apparel line here that's been in Michigan for well over a decade. I've always oh, okay. worked with them and worked on the fly. And I, you know, I just called them up. It was literally a couple of days before I was leaving for bare knuckle. And I said, Hey, I want a sleeveless rash guard size small. I want it to be black and on the front and big white letters. I want you to put Hillary Clinton as a cunt. And he's like, and he just responded, Nothing ever surprises me out of you. Okay, I'll have it in two days. <laughs> Ten years. And, uh, and I'm like, all right, sweet. Here, here's a sponsor logo, you know, um, PEC Vape Shop. You know, put this on the back. All right, sweet. Boom. Stopped by his house on my way to the airport. Picked it up, said hi to the wife and kids, and, you know, their way I went. You know what's funny? Um, uh, I've been in the sport long enough that I remember when people wore temporary tattoos in boxing and then finally, like, they outlawed it. I bet you that you're going to have commissions outlaw, like, sayings on shirts, and you'll you'll have a law named after you. The, the they Sheena. already do that. They already do that in freaking Pennsylvania, good old squib, squibwerb. Oh, really? There, he'll, uh, oh, yeah. Dude, I've seen him suspend a fighter for a year because of his walkout music, bro. What? Like, that guy is on a fucking power trip. Oh, wow. He's like Napoleon. He's like this, he's like this, little, this little short mean man. That's, yeah. And then he hates MMA. <laughs> oh, no. You know. Well, that's unfortunate oh, yeah. because you oh, got yeah. MMA there. You got like yeah, some that's good, league, Great. good leagues. He's a dick, there. though. Nobody likes him. So, uh, Stitch and me, we've known each other, I think, three or four years. Uh, if he vouches for uh-huh. you, I know that you're a good cut person. What it, what does it take to be a good cut person? Uh, it's just years and years of perfecting your craft and, you know, listening, shutting up and listening. And when, you know, someone like, you know, Keo, uh, like Stitch gives you advice. You know, gives you advice, tries to teach you something, you know, go take the courses, you know, it's, uh, not everybody gets it. Some people do get it. You know what I mean? It's just one of those specialty things, you know, it's, it's not something everybody can do, you know, and then the guys that are out there and they're professional cut, man, a lot of them come from an already, uh, medical background. Mm -hmm. So they have that education and then they spend years and years and years, you know, perfecting, you know, their craft, you know, whether it's swelling cuts or, you know, wrapping hands. And, uh, I took, I took to it super, super quick, super quick. I used to be an EMT ages ago. So I had that, uh, you know, I had that medical background already. Right. And I learned how to wrap hands early on, you know, back in the wild, wild west days here in Michigan, we used to have shit, three, three events every weekend. And I worked at all of them. So. I mean, that was my, uh, that was my crash course, <laughs> learning how to learn how to do stuff. You know, now I'm setting fighters noses in between rounds, <laughs> you know, and like cool shit like that. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's funny because like you, you got to get in there. You got the same amount of time that the trainers do to, uh, tell the fighter what to do next round. And there's almost like a little battle between you and the trainer because the trainer's trying to get his message across, but you're kind of leaning in as a cut person going, hey, my job's important. Right. Your guy's not yeah. even going to get the you next. You know, to stay out of their way, you know. And then, you know, if we get time prior, we'll, you know, we'll ask, you know, hey, you go in, you know, you want, you want me behind you here and this, you know. I don't say anything to the fighter or anything like that. You know, I mean, I will sometimes be like, how bad's a cut? How bad's a cut? And the coach is freaking out. And then here I am, you know, chill, calm as a cucumber, just like, oh, you're all right. And da da da. And, you know, just, just bringing that level of anxiety and, uh, like fear down, you know, it's just like, cause I'm calm and collected. So that, uh, and we don't, 
we don't really have too many incidences where where I'm getting in their way all so much. A lot of these guys <laughs> I know because I've known them for years. Oh, I've yeah. known these guys for years. You know what I mean? Like 10, 10 plus years. I already know, you know, oh, yeah. the coaches and I can work around them and stuff. And, you know, there's, there's just certain, certain little protocols and procedures, you know, you do, you know? Right. So it's, uh, stay the fuck out of the way, but, you know, in there and, you know, get what you need to get done too, you know? Now, so if you get a call for another bare knuckle fight, and this continues mm-hmm. on. Like I, I look at like a, a Johnny Bedford, who you know was okay at MMA, you know, and, and clearly had a, a good pass. But now is a superstar in bare knuckle, four and zero, the first person to like four and zero and a champion and all that. Um, tell me how cool he's it, a gangster. Yeah, how how cool is it to grow with a, a sport that has been around for a long time, but clearly it has another wave coming. You know, it's kind of reminds me of like the old school days. So like maybe what one of the pioneers of MMA would feel like when, you know, the UFC and everything first got introduced. You know, not only is there a little bit of taboo, people are unsure, people are, you know, uneducated about it. And it's just, it's growing, it's growing at a fast rate, you know. And, and uh, I think, I think it's awesome. It's, 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 it's a America is one of, you know, our oldest combat sports, you know, unarmed combat. And it's such a pure form of combat because it's just you. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's it's just, I mean, you don't even got freaking gloves on. You got, you know, some tape around your wrist and you're good. But uh, it's, uh, it's great. It's great because I'm watching these guys that, you know, just started this promotion like a year ago with, you know, a little bit of money and like five people. We're going to do bare knuckle boxing. We got it legal. Boom. And then all of a sudden now it's blowing up. And now you got in just one year, they were like number one top trending on, you know, Twitter, Twitter and Instagram for, you know, that Artem and, uh, and, uh, Polly fight. It's like, holy shit. You know, they've already had an international show and I've just, it's just been so cool being a part of all that because I've I've been at all their events, every single one besides the first one. Exactly, because it, was I, in, it was in Wyoming, and you know they weren't flying me from Michigan there for Tony, and they had someone else there because that was a uh, legendary fight, the first bare knuckle fight between uh, Tony Lopez and Joey Beltran. I've not been that, excited uh, for a fight in a while, and that that whole day I was giddy for the Pauly, uh fight. And it, it just because how how successful the previous one was, I was like, I was I was giddy, and uh, all the fights are good. I love the pace. You know, we had David Feldman on last week on our show, and I just told him I love uh-huh. the pace of it. You know what I'm saying? How like UFC and all, even like local promotions, they drag out in between fights. Like, dude, it's like next next fight up, boom. And you know the the right. fights move fast. I love that, dude. Uh, you know, it's just it's one of those it's things sprints. where it's great. It sprints. It's high action packed. You know, I know a lot of the athletes that are really happy with the two minute rounds. <laughs> like, it's awesome. It's awesome because sometimes you know I'm getting there for five minutes at a time. You know, and like drawing out the clock, and you know, with with everything, and it's it's just. It's, it's better for everybody, you know, your athletes in there, you know, three minutes less, 
Yes. And your fans are getting nonstop action, you know, and anybody who's ever attended a bare knuckle <coughs> fighting championship fight, you know, not, not so, I mean, much on the pay-per-view, there is not one dull moment or one boring fight on the entire event or even seconds of any of the fights that is not dull, not dull. You know, you want to watch every single fight, every single, single second of every fight. And right. in my opinion, there's there's no other combat sport that is active in America currently that you know people will want to do that. Now I it's, gotta I gotta ask you this because this is uh, only uh, probably only you uh, have felt uh, MMA boxing gloves and bare knuckle. Um, what's it feel like to get hit with a bare fist compared to with a boxing glove, which you've done? Or, or an MMA glove, what, what's the initial feeling and what's it feel like in the third round? Right. Well, bare knuckle box, bare, bare knuckle strikes, they sting. They sting. They hurt. They hurt not only receiving them, but they hurt giving them as well. You got to be very selective of, you know, your target area where you hit. You know, if you, if you punch somebody in the forehead and you get a good straight shot on me, probably going to break your fucking hand, you know, and you also got to pull your punches a little bit and all sorts of other different little techniques, you know, but they, they really sting. They don't really, really like rattle your brain and ring your bell, which brings me to boxing gloves, boxing gloves. They're sure they're softer and they're not, you know, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, get as many cuts, Right, but those the surface area of them will ring your bell, and you know, light you know you know give 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 you a, give you a nice little flash, you know if you're hit square with them. Do your you hands I mean? go numb? Area. Do, do your hands do your hands go numb? Like like I mean not you know clearly when you you break uh, them they do eventually, but by the third round because you're you're hitting bare knuckle, did it feel like? Bare knuckle, you know, I mean, anytime you're in a fight, regardless, I mean, you're, 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 you're not going to feel too much injury. I mean, you might feel a little bit, but it's not really going to be till after. Because you know? of the so, adrenaline. You know, we're in there. We're not, we're not feeling all too much. Um, my hands just went numb, you know, a little bit, a little bit, you know, there, I could, I could tell they hurt, but you know, they, uh, they weren't broke. They weren't broke. You know, another thing with bare knuckle too, you have to make sure your fist is insanely tight mm -hmm. you know when you land that punch you better have the tightest fist ever or that's when you're going to break your hand right you know instead of compared to boxing or mma where your hand could be a little bit more loose because you got this big ass glove protecting your hand and you know you can hit a lot you know harder and all that other good stuff you know but uh um i iced my hands and uh, you know they were good they were good probably about four days later i had uh I had one cut on my cheekbone, you know, we just, you know, I just had my coach glue that. I'm like, glue my face and okay. <laughs> that down on there and that healed in like four days. And then I had this black eye that hung out for like a week and a half and I was good. But was you good. got a medal, right? You know, I, didn't, I didn't take really too much damage, you know. You got and a medal, uh, right? For winning a medal? What's that? You got oh, a me yeah, medal I sure for did. winning? I got, I got a numbered police gazette. Um, Miss, uh, Mississippi medallion with a uh, awesome. flower on it. And, uh, which, uh, those are really cool because it comes from the original like cast. A trophy that's bought, yeah. you know, for them to give to them, you know, Scott Burt, the, you know, 
president and uh, caretaker of the Bare Knuckle Hall of Fame. He hand makes every one of those pieces. He numbers them, <clears throat> you know, puts a puts a you know numbered certificate of like authenticity on the back of them, and it's each of the numbers are recorded, you know, in the police gazette, you know, world rankings and all that cool stuff, man. So it's a uh, it's 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 definitely personable and a little bit a little bit more special than you know just a just a cookie cutter medallion with Hank you know. Well, yeah, it your, came your, from the original cast. I read and I asked David Feldman about it. and It does come from the original cast from years ago from that medal. Yeah, I mean, that's it cool. sure does. Yep, in the casting with uh, you know James L. Sullivan on the front, and it's just. I'm like a history nerd. I love it. God, can you imagine <laughs> how it. badass that talks, Sullivan well, guy was? Can you imagine you know, how he was, uh, he was, uh, how badass that? Can you imagine how badass John L. Sullivan was? He fought eighty rounds, dude. I think one one fight right. went over a hundred rounds. When they count, when they counted around back in those days, it was when somebody got knocked down. That's fucking brilliant. Somebody went down. Then yep, yep, and then it was around. So. It doesn't necessarily mean they went, you know, 75-minute rounds or whatever with that because, you know, they didn't, they didn't work out that way. And uh, it's still, still, uh, one fight down in Mississippi, which, you know, you should have Scott on sometime. He'll he'll uh, totally go into depth with all of that. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, Mississippi, just on the road from actually the venue where they have uh, Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship in Biloxi, Mississippi. There's a big field there right on the Gulf of, uh, you know, the Gulf of Mexico there, and that's where that fight took place. It, it was like a two-and-a-half-hour-long battle Fuck between that. James L. Sullivan and this other guy. I don't remember his name. I know. <laughs> I just remember, I just Can remember you imagine? the Sullivan fight, you know, but oh, oh for, my God. for sure. I can't, I can't for imagine. Sure. Can I ask you, and if you don't want to reply, that's fine, but I got to ask, what was your purse to fight Bare Knuckle? Uh, I can't really say that. North of a <laughs> you know, thousand. It's a uh, um for for a debut type fight, which is which is what that was. You know, bare knuckle again. You know, this is a new sport. It's like boxing and MMA. So you know, over a thousand. What you would normally get paid for a first MMA fight. I've seen guys, you know, get paid like a couple hundred and a couple hundred to fight their first MMA fight. Under a thousand. Okay, bare knuckle. Miracles, a couple thousand and a couple thousand, and you know they uh, they 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 pay they pay fair, they right? Pay fair for it, what it is. So you was know? I warm with a thousand? Money. This is you know, it's a different sport in its own entirety. So it's, you know the pay scale isn't uh, is a thousand warm? Is a thousand? Um, is twelve hundred warmer? They pay they pay a lot better than MMA. Okay. They pay better than That's MMA. That's fair. They pay better than MMA. I told you you didn't you know, have I mean, to I can't, I can't say what I was paid, you know, because maybe a different fight would not be worth that much. You know, I took a last-minute fight, too. Right. You know, those, you know, and, you know, anytime you take a last-minute fight anywhere, the pay is usually going to be a little bit more than what it's going to be if it was, um, you know, a, a pre-scheduled fight with, you know, Full a fight camp, camp advance and, yeah. you know, all that other stuff. So, you know, I, I don't... <laughs> I don't really want to touch base all too much on what I exactly got paid, but it's, uh, I have to ask it though. I ask <laughs> shitty questions. I mean, that's what I've been doing for all these oh, no, years. Shitty okay. questions. You can ask me anything and I'll be completely fucking truthful with you. You know, I know I mean? I'm transparent you. as ever. 
I got you. Hey, I got to um, tell you this, though. All the years I've been doing this, right? One of the best uh-huh. compliments I've ever heard actually came. Larkin's in here. Larkin Dash. She's a part of the show. She said, um, oh, we, we were talking. Yeah. So we were talking. And one of the nicest things I've ever heard about anyone in this industry is we were just talking people like random name would come up. What do you think of this person? Mm-hmm. Random name comes up. What do you think of this person? Your name come up. And I said, well, what do you think of her? And she said, when no one else was in my corner, Sheena was in my corner. And that she liked you because of that. And I don't know oh, what God, what no. fight were you referring to, Larkin? Joe Lewis. Joe Lewis, okay. And, and she was my cut man. And she did a really good job wrapping my hands. And that's what I was talking oh, about Sheena. when I was like, Sheena was there the... There we go. Sheena... I cut out for a minute. Oh. Hey. Okay, we're here, we're here, we're here. Uh, when I was talking... when At Bellator, I was talking... Oh. It's okay. You were talking to Eric. Yeah, was Eric the one you're, that wrapped my hands? Yes, talking yes. to Eric. Yep, you were and, talking to Eric Powell from Miami News. And I told him that the only other person that had done that good of job wrapping my hands was you, because I liked how tight you yeah. did him. Yeah, and he did right. a really good job too. But yeah, we had that whole conversation. Yeah, funny and a uh, uh, funny story uh, because Larkin. That's how I got my uh, professional debut at Ryzen. Oh, you know how that circle moves around. Yes. You know, like not being a shitty person. Yeah, it's me and Larkin, we were supposed to fight. And Donna Frio, another promoter, came in, moved some shit around, some bribes were made. Larkin ended up going to fight and this Japanese girl at his event and then something happened. Juju Eclair, yeah. I drove four hours. I drove across the entire state of Michigan to go there and wrap her hands and help coach her through a five round title fight. That is awesome. After I got bailed, after I got bailed on the weekend before, I know it was so <laughs> funny because Sheena and I were supposed to it fight. It was so fucking stupid, but you know what? At the end of the day, I understood, and you know we're all people, so we got to look out for each other. And Japanese seen that, and I called out that Japanese girl that they they bribed you to go fight. Juju Eclair. I'm like that's fucking bullshit. Yeah. And they're like, you want to fight at Ryzen? I'm like, fucking ain't right. Go fight there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And, Send contract, you know, and that's how that's that's how that happened. <laughs> now I call you like the unofficial police of Michigan MMA. You throw your opinion out there. Who who do you think does it right? I don't want you to call out the bad people, but who do you look at and just go, that person does it right? You know, Big John Eubanks. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah, all right. He's just been doing it forever. He's more personable, you know. He doesn't. He's never purposely tried to screw anybody over. He's never, you know. He's yeah. just a fucking upfront fucking dude. Yeah, and I appreciate people like that, you know, in this in this industry. With and and how he treats his fighters, and you know, he hires a cut man, and uh, you know, makes sure they're good, and gives them fair matchups, and you know, doesn't give people tomato can fights and take bribes and, you know, all that other shit underneath the moon. You know, it's, uh, he's, he's our little breath of fresh air. All right. And I've known him for years. You know, he does it completely right. Completely right. Right. You know, I mean, some other guys laugh in some areas and we won't go into that, but, you know, Big John has been consistent and he's been around longer than all of them. So if that tells you anything right there. 
that says says a lot to make it through the sanctions and all the new rules and still be there. Well, and, he doesn't. He doesn't. He's he brings oh, an Indian, outside sanctioning yeah, body yeah. and he goes to that casino. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. He yeah. does. Right. Yeah. Well, the state of Michigan makes it ridiculously expensive for us to have fights, man. Just our insurance liability coverage we have to have is ridiculous. I, mean, I want bare knuckle hair, though. Is, our bond is nuts, too. No. Bond here. I want bare knuckle here, and I talked to two people from the commission, and they told me absolutely it will not happen. So now I'm determined to make it fucking happen. I mean, why, make what happen? Bare knuckle here. And they they oh, were they won't they won't let it, dude, dude, dude. Gonna show up really at the doorstep. Fucking hates bare knuckle boxing. All right, he hates it. He yeah. hates it. He does uh, not like that shit at no, all whatsoever. I, I, dude, I've been pounding on their door. I'm gonna make it happen. We're the last state towards everything. So like, why can't we be the first state towards something? Right? You know, because like right now, what is it? Five states that allow bare knuckle fighting. Why can't we be like the six or right. seven? Well, there. Here's the reason: because a bunch of lawyers and politicians are the ones that oversee the legislation for unarmed combat. Yeah, Laura. <laughs> Laura. They're not, they're not. They're not fight people. They're not fight people now. You want to talk about these other states like Mississippi, okay, they, they, they have their own athletic commission that, you know, they, uh, it's ran by people that, you know, are knowledgeable in the sport. You know? But you could and argue. They, fl- they kind of they they got thrown into this, this, uh, this responsibility. Like, they didn't even want it. But you, you can know, argue Florida's not fight people because they don't have a lot of fights come through there. They definitely don't have a lot of MMA come through there, and they have very seldom boxing because they don't have a good commission. But yet they welcome David Feldman in bare knuckle boxing, and it was a huge success. And he says, "I want to come back because to Florida." It made sense to that commissioner, to that overseeing person. It made sense to them, and that person was also a former athlete. So yeah. just having that level playing field, I, I think a little bit. And, you know, um, the understanding a little bit more, you know, but people won't support something if they don't understand it. And I, you know, I did, I just really believe that that commissioner, I just maybe perhaps understood it on a different level, you know, than these other guys that, you know, still have a little bit of catching up to do. You know, I mean, Florida landing Florida and having that approved by the Florida athletic commission was, you know, that, that was another big step, you know, cause it's another state. Well, that's, that's willing to uh you know do that well we wish you the best of luck in whatever you do next if it's more cut stuff larkin t- speaks the world of you and i i, I think the world I love of larkin girl. she's a savage man she's a beast she's she's hard worker and you know i had a, her win in bellator a, i'm not even fucking with you as as her manager from a distance i had her winning i, I thought we got a fuck decision i thought we had a girl that ran uh, away you well know? it's she she fought the girl on Zufa payroll from you know ATT so yeah, you know, know. she had a lot going against her too. No, I know, but that girl ran way too much, and I I don't know. But I I thought we won it, but you know what? We're going to get lots of other opportunities and stuff like that. But Larkin thinks the world of you, so, you know, if Larkin thinks the world of you, you got to be a good person. We adore her. We adore her. I want her to bear. She would do good in bear alcohol. I know I don't think it (laughs) but she moves out of the way really good. Her face is too pretty. No. (laughs) Tell her no. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> she does. She'd do great. That's just her fighting style with that crazy overhand that she likes. Yeah, she does Fuck, like man, that. Man, that'd be awesome. Southpaw, <laughs> yeah, nonetheless, too. Southpaw, nonetheless. Yeah. Well, Sheena, if I'm people a too. if people want to follow you in your Puma thoughts, where can they get a hold of you? 
Um, I'm really super easy to find on Facebook. Just Sheena Star on Facebook. You know, that's my main account. I do have an athlete page too. Um, Sheena Puma Star. Uh, I really just post fight updates on that or um, stuff pertaining to my veterans charity. But uh, yeah, yeah. If you're easily offended, you know, just don't follow me, man. You know, I'm blunt. Well, I'm out. I know. hope you fight August 10th. I, I keep it real. I don't care. You know, I like fuck your feelings. You know what I mean? Like, no, I want you to fight like, August 10th. My page. I want you to fight August 10th for bare knuckle. If I, you know what? I'll, I'll start to on my birthday. I asked everybody to go blow up their freaking page. And they did. It was like hundreds. Was what, like hundreds. Give us a hint of what your shirt would say on August 10th. Would it be political again or would it be something crazy? No, 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 no. I already got who I'm going after. I'm going after. He's a. Oh, you're going after somebody? <laughs> Shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm calling out the next freaking hooker, man. You know, I already got it made up and everything. I'm just next. I'm just waiting to get a fight. You know, they're in the middle of this female tournament thing they got going on. And oh, dude, I you... want to fight on the 10th because I can, you know, have a full fight camp, you know, because my kids are out of school and I can travel. I can go down to, you know, Team Phoenix out of North Carolina, which is, you know, my favorite. It's like my team, you know. You know what you could do? You could do but, like uh, UFOs are real, and then you'd have a whole community of people behind you that believe in UFOs or something. You just do that, and that's yeah, simple enough. Weirdos. Oh, the UFO yeah, people are a real. huge fan I base. Just put, like the Earth is flat. No, don't say that because there's no way the Earth is flat. But you would get like the 25 Moon people that really. Was a hoax. That no, no, that I'm actually right. was, I think. So yeah, you you got me there. But there's a lot of things you can put on there. Well, Sheena, thank you so much for joining us on the Undercard. It was a fun interview. Uh, I hope you fight August 10th. If you do, I'm going to call you August 2nd and get you on the show. Absolutely. We'll see. We'll, we'll we'll see if they do it. I know a couple of people that wouldn't fight me. And they said no. Oh my I'm god! Like, you you already got a reputation. You're like badass. Already, yeah, I got ducked a couple times. It's okay though. I'll, All right. Well, we'll get on David. I'm not used and, to it. <laughs> get on David and say, "Hey, I want to fight. You know, I want to fight, and I'm going to bring people. I'll talk to you soon, Sheena." Yeah. All right. Talk to you later. Thank All right. You. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Thank you. That is Sheena Star Bradenberg. Uh, who fought on uh, Bare Knuckle? Was it five, four, five, four, six? Five, no, six was the last one, so four or five. And you know what? Uh, Stitch has become a pretty good uh, friend of mine, so if Stitch vouches for her too. That's a, yeah, so she had, for people that caught the end of the interview, she actually had a shirt that said exactly what we said. And I don't need to repeat that again. Went viral. <laughs> Like, I mean, just as something like that would go viral. But the cool thing is she uh, put it on eBay. I think it made $867 for Veterans Charity. Well, that's good. Um, But I can't believe they let her fight with that. And now now we got a little bit more of the story. Like, they didn't really kind of know. Because, like, like I'd be like, you got to. kind of catches some eye. Yeah. Here's a shirt you got to. Change into this shirt or change into this shirt. That would be hilarious if she put like something like flat earth is real or something like that because the flat earthers well, make me laugh. Well, yeah. I know. It's coming back. The earth is flat again. At least it's not. I mean, it's not like in a fucking idiot. It's going to like, you know, cause like riots. Huh? It, yeah. You know, a shirt like that. I know. Flat earthers. Oh, my God. I do believe, though. Um, Bless you. Man, see, I'm going to get haters if I say this, though. I do believe that there was a 
Okay, so I don't believe we might have landed on the moon the first time. I will say that. I think there was a rush to get there. You're looking at me like, I don't know what you think already. Yeah, I think that might have been a television studio. And you know what? Joe Rogan, who I love, there's there's different footage of how they jumped back then and stuff. But the flat earth thing, I'm not about. You know, but here's the thing. So Joe Rogan said this best. Like, you can't say no to everything that's a conspiracy because then you're trying to fit like a square um, a, a square into a circle. You have to be open-minded to things that we might have been duped on. But there's no way we were duped on like the flat earth thing. I mean, we're, the planets we're, we're, were circular. We're beyond that. <laughs> I know. No, there's people. I know there's people. And they're crazy. They are crazy. That's just arguing to argue. You don't no. believe in flat earth. Do you believe in flat earth? <laughs> I could argue. Yeah, you don't believe in it, do you? No, we talked about it today. That it was flat? No. Oh, yeah, we talked about flat earth. Because there's people no, out we, there we that believe it. we made jokes about it, what, yesterday? Yes. No, it was actually earlier today because, no. like, one of her family members. You can talk in there. Yeah, because you have a flat, uh, family member that believes in uh, flat earth, right? She does. I do. And what do you think of that a family member thinks of that? He's not very smart, is he? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like, not smart at all. We've discussed this over the years. Exactly. Right. Because why? Because he thinks the world is flat. Exactly. That's kind of sad, right? It's not. No, it's not not flat. Like, I mean, the number. How could it be flat? The number one reason to say it's not. So, like, we're in summer, right? We have seasons. The You're whole talking to them. you you can't have seasons. You, you can't have seasons with the flat Earth concept because the we're, Earth we're, has to turn around. Right, we're on an axis and we're spinning. Right, so like yeah. this is our science girl. I would too, like so. to know how we could conceptualize there actually being a flat Earth and all of our physics still works. There like that's what be. I don't understand is how you could rationalize. That anything could work with a flat Earth because you'd fl- fall off it eventually. Well, right. like, I don't believe like, you fall if off. You fly, it. Well, if you fly, if you fly, this, this kid dropped out of high school. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but I mean, if you, I mean, it doesn't take it that much to realize, like, you can fly around the Earth and you don't like fly off the planet into a different universe. Like, you come back to the United States. Right. What do you, where's you the edge? You don't paddle board too far and then fall off. <laughs> I, I know that's what I mean. Like, where's the edge? Oh, oh, cliff. Nice knowing you. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, oh, he found it. Now I don't know if this is a joke or not, but Eddie Bravo, who who kind of so the Gracies came along with jujitsu, and then not until Eddie Bravo came along and introduced Rubber Guard, there wasn't a lot of new introducing. He really believes in it, and like Joe Rogan will listen to him talk about it, but. I think Eddie Bravo's had too many drugs. There's no way you can think that there's flat earth and he's a flat earther. But, but he he kind of revolutionized so some stuff. It's hard to with, believe that pe- there's enough people that they actually have like but, a term for themselves like, that actually believe it. I mean like – Well, you, you have private – individuals launch satellites like it's just not even like the government like so like elon musk and all these people own satellites above sprint has satellites they right. know the earth's you round see it. it's round right they know the earth is round and well, it goes around but i think why they think that is because like they think 
Because, you know, on a globe where there's Antarctica at the bottom, if you lived in Antarctica, they'd probably think they'd fall off. That's why there's called this thing called gravity. gravity. Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he knows about that. Oh. Yeah. All right. So we're going to wrap up the show. Um, good show, though. Pretty good show. Decent. Yeah, we'll take it. We'll be back next week. There'll be three in a row, which is really, really good for us. I'm not going to hold my breath on that. We'll be back next week. All right. Take care, everybody.